0: You're listening to the Morning Joe Ranch Show. A dig deep, embrace yourself, and enjoy the Wild Ride podcast. Topics of politics, climate, economics, life, and the pursuit to complain about everything. to get right into it. So the topics for today are going to be the climate real estate bubble is the U.S. on the verge of another financial crisis. Uh, This is a time.com article. I thought it was pretty interesting just because um, with the climate crisis happening, like a lot of people aren't realizing with real estate market that that's going to affect it. Um, And there's really kind of telling things in this article that were like, whoa, I actually never really thought of it like that. So I just kind of want to sum up a little bit of it. Um, we just had two mass shootings again. So I wanted to give some stats on America's tally for mass shootings because we seem to be in this predicament. And again, as a gun owner, I think that th- there was um, Who was it? He was just on Joe Rogan's podcast. I can't remember his name. Um, and he's a really smart dude, but he was arguing... It was, again, like as a gun owner was basically saying he, I don't want to have some, okay. Uh, I think it, Colin Nora, Nora tackles misconception about, um, this was the, about gun violence. And he had some valid points, but at the same aspect of it, it became political again. And it's like, he didn't have to make it political. I'm not saying what he said was incorrect on certain aspects of it, but some of it was like, like, there is reasons that, like, it was never, it's still the underlying reasons of what the whole gun activist type thing's stating. And as a gun owner, I'm a legal gun owner, it's like, I just get tired of hearing, like, you don't need a fucking assault rifle. I'm sorry, you don't. You really fucking don't. I mean, anyway. So we're going to talk about that for just a few. And then... um There was a really good infographic that came up for the military budget and what could and then basically like it breaks down the costs of like what in society we could do with parts of the military budget if we were to cut down military budget spending. So I'll go over that. It was a really good infographic. Um, It was actually on Reddit and uh, they had sources with it and stuff. So it's all on the infographic. I'll include that. Um, And the last thing I want to touch on, I've talked about this a few times on here, but Um, Robin Wright spoke at a Rockefeller Foundation back in 2016, and she stated that House of Cards was very accurate to actual politics. And I'm going to touch base on that because nobody really ever believes me when I say that shit. And I'm like, okay, well, she talked to a few people in political. I mean, again, when we go over the story, you guys can take it with a grain of salt if you want. But for me, it's like... I don't think you need, I think we all kind of know this is the shit. But anyway, I'm going to bring up that story. Um, and last thing I want to touch base on, I get people asking me, like, your sources don't work. Well, if you're on Spotify, Spotify doesn't allow you to, like, link in there. But if you go to my main Anchor page, you can get all the fucking source links. They're all in there. So you might just have to go to Anchor, the the main host of my podcast or whatever. So I get people saying that. It's like, okay, the sources are in there. You just have to go... And there's a link to the anchor, to my anchor site through Spotify. It's okay. You just have to go a little further, deeper, to get the sources if that's what you're looking for. Okay, let's get started. So, the climate real estate bubble is the U.S. on the verge of another financial crisis. Um, let me get the article. Okay, I'm going to read a little bit, and there was some really good um, points. So just to start off, uh, 1171 Shoreham looks much like it did when Anna Zimmerman lived there. Uh, Modest but presentable. A good starter home for Zimmerman and her husband when they bought in 2005. For a while, it provided the the idyllic existence in suburban Charleston, South Carolina, a community of friendly neighbors for their young child. A quaint backyard and even space for Zimmerman's mother-in-law. Then in 2015, the first flood hit taking most of their property with it after a heavy rain. This came as a shock. No flood risk had been disclosed when Zimmerman bought the house. But determined to turn lemons into lemonade, she used the insurance money to fix it up, just as she liked. I would have been happy living in this house into retirement, she says. Now, looking up at it across the street. Then came Hurricane Irma in 2017. Water inundated the house, destroying virtually everything up to the waist. Uh, the insurance adjuster declared the home a total loss and Zimmerman was left with two options. Use the insurance payout and a considerable, um, considerable amount of her own money to rebuild or collect the cash and sell the house to anyone of a bevy of real estate investors eager to flip it. Um, Zimmerman couldn't fathom rebuilding when she knew the home would flood again and selling it to a flipper felt wrong because eventually it would just end up in the hands of another unsuspecting buyer enticed by a newly refurbished home, so she began a long process of trying to unload the property in a manner that she considered ethical. She unsuccessfully pursued a government program that buys out homes prone to flooding and even explored raising the home herself, but abandoned the idea when she realized she would have to settle the mortgage, take out a loan to tear down the house and still pay taxes for the vacant land. Defeated, she let it go into foreclosure. Um, let me go further on with this article. I think this is really important to talk about. Um, so how much is Zimmerman's old house worth? Fannie Mae listed it for two hundred ten thousand before reducing it to one hundred ninety nine thousand. and Zillow said it's worth up to two hundred twenty one thousand. A comparable sized house sized home across the street sold for two hundred thirty one thousand last year and others on the street have sold. For more in recent years, but at the same time, the house next door was recently bought by the city and raised because of flood risk. These may sound like um, concerns specific to Shoreman Road and Charleston, but they actually reflect the types of questions homeowners around the U.S. may soon be asking. Millions of American homes are vulnerable to flooding wildflow- wild wildfires and storms, and they will only become more exposed as the effects of climate change worsen. There's no universally agreed-upon estimate for the total value of real estate at stake, but experts agree the number is enormous. Um, so, First Street Foundation, a nonprofit research group that study flood risk, estimates that flooding alone already results in $20 billion in property loss annually, and that this figure will grow more than $30 billion in, in 30 years. We kind of touched base on that the last podcast. Um uh, increasingly, experts see, experts see a collective threat to the U.S. economy as the risk of owning a home in places affected by climate change stack up. Economists and policymakers say climate-induced f- uh, flight from threatened areas could shock the U.S. economy and home prices plummet. Lending dries up and local tax base diminishes in hard-hit regions. The degree the degree of capital relocation and the speed of that is going to be larger and happen more quickly than most market participants expect. Brian Dz President Joe Biden's chief economic advisor, told Time last year when he was the head of sustainable investing at BlackRock. Zimmerman calls herself the canary in the coal mine. She may be the one of the first, but it's if the U.S. doesn't heed her warning, she won't be the last. That's so fucking true. Um, oh, here, just real quick, too. Just going to finish this up. Zimmerman, has, Zimmerman was honest from the beginning. She told him... Um, the first, uh, she was reaching out to a real estate investor basically, and she told Zimmerman was honest from the beginning. She told him that it was flooded multiple times, cited an estimate from a structural engineer that it would cost 180000 to elevate, and said that a lawyer had advised her that selling would expose her to legal liability. Someone is going to get stuck with a serious lemon, she texted back. Um, I'm still interested, he replied. Eventually, despite never meeting in person, he sent her a written offer and a contract. Uh, Herring wasn't the only one, but he was the one most aggressive in 90 pages of text messages and emails shared with time. Zimmerman batted back attempts to buy her home from close to a dozen flippers. Um, it's just crazy to think that, uh, climate change is going to cause this. This is where the mass refugees come in. Just not, not even in foreign countries, just in the United States. Um, look at Florida, Florida is going to be underwater within the next decade and there was a that was a there was an article a couple podcasts ago I did that talked about how um they're gonna pump out water from the rich areas that's what they're so concerned with and they're just gonna pump them into the poor ones and I mean it it makes I'm not saying it makes sense as in that's right I'm saying it makes sense that money in America buys people you know it's the way it is and it sucks and it's bullshit um but it doesn't really matter because water eventually, you know, with all the climate change happening, global warming, all that shit, it's like eventually it's all going to go underwater on the coastlines. I mean, it's going to happen. There's nothing anybody can do about it. You could try pumping fucking water out from the coastlines. It's never it's never going to change. Water's just going to keep coming in. And eventually you're sh- in America, especially with infrastructure, which we've talked about on this podcast, like... Look at Texas. Their infrastructure was so fucking bad. I mean, all in America, our infrastructure is terrible. But this just kind of goes in hand in hand with climate change. And what are we spending our fucking taxpayer money on? It's not on the right stuff. Um, So anyway, this is a really good article. I'll leave it in the source. Um, I'll leave it in the source for or source in in the show notes for you guys. So the next topic I really want to touch base on is America's tally for mass shootings. Um, There was uh, major mass shootings, and this was from April 19th on Reuters. Major mass shootings in the United States. Um, Austin, April 18th, 2021, a gunman opened fire at an apartment complex, killing two women and a man. Police are are hunting for the suspect, a former detective for the Travis County Sheriff's Office. Texas, April 8th, 2021, a gunman opened fire at the cabinet making plant in Texas where he worked, killing one person and wounding six others before he was taken into custody. California, March 31st, 2021, four people were killed, one of them a child, in a shooting at an office building in suburban Los Angeles before the suspect, wounded in exchange of gunfire with police, was taken into custody. Uh, Colorado, March 22nd, this one was one of the biggest ones so far in 2021. Uh, this one and one, one other one I'm going to talk about a shooting at a supermarket in Boulder, Colorado left 10 people dead, one injured, including a police officer. Atlanta, March 16th, 2021, eight people, including six women of Asian descent were shot dead in a string of attacks at a day spa at day spas in and around Atlanta. And a man suspected of carrying out the shootings was arrested in Southern Georgia. Greenville, Greenville, July fifth, twenty twenty. This was from last year, so this isn't in the current stats. But I think this is important. Ten people were shot in Greenville, South Carolina, nightclub in an outburst suspected gang-related violence that killed two people, critically injured two others, police said. So, why did I want to bring this up? I think it's fucking crazy that in America. Here, I want to read a statistic. As of March 31st, 2021, so this isn't even including the, curr- the, the, last, the first two that I just mentioned in this whole thing. 126 mass shootings fit the mass shooting tracker project criterion, leaving 148 people dead and 481 injured for a total of 629 total victims, some including the shooter. And the two biggest ones so far this year were the March 22nd, Boulder, Colorado, 10 dead, 1 injured. March 16th, Atlanta, Georgia, 8 dead, 1 injured. I'm going to include the Wikipedia page for this too because um, it has the stats for all the shootings so far up to date. It's fucking nuts, man. The amount of people injured in these are insane. 13 injured in Chicago, two people were killed, 13 injured in an early morning party in the South side of Chicago, 13 fucking people injured, you know, and again, as a gun, as a gun owner, it's, as a legal gun owner, it just makes no sense to me why anybody doesn't see this as we have a few issues that are stemming from all this. We have a mental health issue, massively a me- mental health issue that nobody wants to talk about for some reason, which isn't a problem. I suffer from shit too. We all do. We all have mental health problems in some aspects of it. We have stress, anxiety. We all deal with it. We all suffer from it. I don't know why it's so fucking goddamn taboo to talk about it. I knew people that suffer from depression. It's a terrible thing and it's hard to deal with. But we like to think buckle up your bootstraps fucking boomer generation thinks it's smart. It's like that's not... You're part of the problem. You guys are stemming the same fucking issues that are over and over again. And I'm not just blaming the Boomer generation. It's just it's, and I get it. It's easy to attack them, but there's a lot of Boomers that are in denial over this. Um, there's and people in my generation too that act like you got to just dig yourself out of the trenches. It's not that fucking easy. It really isn't. Um, the other the other side of the spectrum is the people that are like, we already have gun laws, right? We have to enforce them way better than we're doing. The background checks are like. We should be doing them where there should be checks on – with how much data is collected on people, I cannot believe – and not that I'm an advocate for collecting data, but it's like if you're going to collect that much fucking goddamn data, why aren't you then background-checking people? It's, And you start to backtrack the breadcrumbs, and you realize the prison system as a whole is a privatized prison system in America – It pays, you know, there's why we have drug, you know, people who are on drugs in fucking jail that shouldn't be in jail for that are serving more time than people who who've done worse crimes like murder. It's all a shit show in America. And this is just the problem. And instead we get to it becomes political that you're liberal or conservative and it's got neither aspect of it. It's all about fucking goddamn policy and i think if everybody knew the policies that were put in place and the actual the actual laws that were being made we'd all kind of come to a consensus agreement of yeah that's fucked up i don't want you know fucked up people with guns so we should probably you know but then the nra you know you have the nra on one side and then you have liberal cons- liberal groups on the other side that are both just trying to take little pinpointed specifics and use them to benefit their agenda Instead of people getting a better understanding of it all. I'm just ranting right now. I'm sorry, guys. I don't mean to do that. Um, And there was an NPR article. I'm not really going to read it, but I can include it in the source notes. Uh, Weekend shootings in Texas and Wisconsin. That was the other one that happened this weekend. Add to tally of U.S. gun deaths. And it's just increasing. And again, I don't have a fucking agenda here. Again, I'm a gun owner. But I, I think that there is a massive problem where it's like, I don't want to carry a handgun around. I don't carry my handgun around. I don't want to fucking conceal carry a gun. I don't want to carry it in public. And that's my personal opinion. It's just like it leads to serious issues and it's just not necessary. If if, And this is my argument to conservative groups that are like, well, the police, you know, all about the police. Well, if the police are doing their job, then we should be okay if they're policing correctly. So there's a bigger problem here. Again, follow the fucking breadcrumbs. America is a cesspool of problems right now and nothing's getting fixed on either side and I'm not going to yell both sides suck cuz you guys already know that's how I feel and most of you don't agree with me and that's fine but that's my opinion on it so this just talks about this article just talks about that so i mean there's nothing much else to say about this the stats are there it's pretty sad and disturbing um and i get it we might not be the one one of the countries with i think there's one other country that has more gun deaths than us which like but still like why why is that something to celebrate like that's not something to celebrate that's like people celebrating in Chicago when the when the when the murder you know uh, ah it's like <laughs> it's just so stupid that that's a celebration thing it's it shouldn't be um, anyway, I'm going to move on from that. So the military defense budget um, and what we could actually do with it. So in 2022, the proposed military budget for 2022 is $753 billion. Um, I tried to look up what the breakdown of the defense budget and I found an infographic for it, which it is. So this is how it breaks down for 2021. So you have procurement, 20% research and development 15%, military personnel 23%, operations and maintenance 42%. So, I just want to call out to attention here for military personnel, it's only 23% of the military budget. So, of like 750 billion, there's only 23% of that goes towards military spending, towards military personnel. So, even if you keep all the military personnel still up there, that's a bit that's that's fine. Like I get that. Even for research and development, it's 15%. My biggest fucking problem is operations and maintenance. And I've talked about this before, where it's like the big war machine, 42%. So you're talking, that's just shy of half of it. So half of 750000000000 billion, you're probably looking at um, uh, $350 billion. So let's say, let's just do a rough f- estimate of 42%. Let's say maybe about like $280 billion. So $280 billion of that is probably operations and maintenance alone. Well, why do we need to have that big of a fucking expenditure if we're not trying to fight wars? So anyway, I just want to take that number so you guys understand it. So this infographic was really good. It has a breakdown of the sources, where they got the information, where they tallied up all the things. So just don't go... You include sources. It's on the infographic. Just look at the fucking infographic and you guys can look at it yourselves. So in a year, for $150 billion a year, every kid in the US could have universal child care pre-K. So that's a hundred in pre-child care and pre-K, universal for every for families across the board. $150 billion a year. Tuition-free public universities for everybody in America, $80 billion a year. So again, the defense budget, 42 percent of the defense budget, about 280, 290%, uh, 290 billion. You could have 80 billion going towards free tuition for public school, which educates people, makes people smarter, better, productive in society. You could have universal child care pre-K, 150 billion dollars a year, which would help out tons of families that are raising other little consumers that capitalism loves, you could have national paid family medical leave, $55 billion. So you could have both national paid family medical leave for $55 billion and tuition-free public universities. Now, the reason I'm saying this is, do I believe that we should be spending this kind of fucking money? No. I don't believe we should be spending it on military defense budget. I don't know necessarily if we should be spending it on these types of programs, but if we're going to talk about this, let us see what these actually cost per year. Housing for all guarantee, 150 billion dollars a year. That could be more shelters for homeless people. It could be better programs for them to get off the streets. 150 billion. You could still take part of the part of the maintenance, part of uh, 42% of that defense budget. You would still have money left over to put some of the billions of dollars into that defense budget. Just saying. To give everybody a home, not a home, but a place to live where they're not cold and living on the street. Um, 100% renewable electricity by 2030. 237 billion per year. So you could take that whole 42% that's going towards the government contracts that are going to corporations that don't give a shit about you and I. And it could actually go towards renewable energy by 2030. Now, I know you're saying, Joe, you always talk about, though, we're fucked anyway. You're, you're right. I do say that. I think this is a lot of hopium with the renewable energy because, in all honesty, it's it's fucking too late for that shit. But I digress. Um, creation of a high-speed rail, $60 billion a year. So this is not including, though—so I did some research on this one because I was like, that's interesting. I don't think that's a right number. Okay, so it's $60 billion a year after they build the initial one. So this one I was kind of like, well, what's the initial cost? And so the initial cost would probably be just to get it built. Like you're talking like a high-speed rail just from one major city to another major city. It's probably around 150 to $200 billion once it's built the maintenance on it per year is probably around 60 billion dollars a year when you're including like adding on lines and shit like that so I, this is where you guys are got to understand i'm not i did a little bit of research on this and it's not exactly that one is particular anyway i thought this was a really interesting infographic i'll leave the in the source you guys can check out the sources yourself if you're interested i just think it brings up a valid point when, especially conservatives, you guys sit there and say, we need to cut government spending. Yeah, I fucking agree. But this is what the defense budget, 42% of the defense budget, of the overall defense budget, could pay for some of these programs if we really wanted to. And that helps out America and society. Not fight for wars with oil like Kamala Harris said the last podcast. Um, all right, I'm going to leave that one at that because that just irritates the shit out of me. The last thing I want to talk about. So this, I remember NPR did a really good um, article. This is from Fortune, but they had Robin Wright on and they did an interview with her. And I couldn't find the NPR one for some reason, but I I found the Fortune one. So I'll include this one into my podcast show notes. But basically, Robin Wright was speaking at, for those that don't know, she played... um, Kevin Spacey's wife on House of Cards, um, and he was he was basically a politician in that TV show. I watched a few episodes and I couldn't stomach it. It pissed me off, and so I I like I didn't want to be irritated. and And then it got me interested when I a few seasons in, she talked about this and she said this. So I'm just going to read what what she wrote. Wright speaking at the Rockefeller Foundation's Insight dialogues event in 2016. So Wright recalled a conversation she once had with an aide to Vice President Joe Biden, who told her that he loved House of Cards for its accuracy. Exactly how much does the show get right, asked the attra- actress. The aide's response, about 99%. And what about the mis- that missing 1%? You wouldn't get an education bill passed that fast. Thank you, Robin Wright. Because that just proves the fucking point. Politics in a nutshell is bullshit in general on both fucking sides. We need a new system fucking overhauled massively. When it's how fast the fucking education bill would pass. Now again, I know a lot of people are like, and I know I'm going to get a lot of liberals that are like, oh, it's just an aid, for, you know, Joe Biden's aide, you know. That's a pretty fucking high up position to the vice president and aide. And I've heard this talked about before. It wasn't just her. So fuck you if you really believe that that's not real. Because that's been said many times. I just wanted to find the actual, this has always been like, people don't believe me when I say this shit. And I'm like, I'm not shitting you. Like she actually said it in a, in a, in a speech or whatever. And I and I'm just glad I finally fucking found it because it pisses me off when people deny 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 all this shit and it's like God damn it I went really overboard with this um anyway I'm gonna leave it at that uh, there was some other stuff I want to talk about um with the great financial reset I might bring that up in the next podcast because uh, Russell brand talks about it a lot and uh um I think it's our next Bretton Woods moment with SDRs, which will replace the dollar by the IMF. There's a bunch of shit. And I think I'm going to talk about it just because I think a lot of people need to be aware of it just to be prepared. Anyway, I'm going to leave it at that. I hope you all have a good one. This week's podcast was brought to you by ConnectGo Internet Inc. Bringing your business to the future, connectgo.com.